to the graveyard. And welcome to another edition of the Graveyard Show podcast. I am your caretaker, and the graveyard is open. Well, a lot has certainly happened since I last uploaded my previous shows, my interviews with author Kim Paffenroth, so much so that I thought it might be wise to lay low for a while during this unexpectedly tumultuous 2020. First, and I can't believe that I'm saying that this was first, and I'm certainly not making light of it. We had a global pandemic that really hit hard in February and March, so much so that most of the world had to shut down their economies and have people shelter in place. Then here in the United States, we had some very sad and unfortunate incidents of police shootings and police brutality that cost people their lives. Follow that with five weeks plus of protests due to those events, some unfortunate rioting and looting that also saw more people losing their lives. Now, looks like the pandemic has returned with a vengeance in different parts of the states and around the world. Certainly not the way any of us thought 2020 would turn out. So I'm going to leave the commentary to the plethora of news shows and podcasts out there because, well, there are plenty of them. Instead, I'll welcome you inside and hope to take your mind off of the events going on in the real world for just a little while. And I'll do that with the lady you heard at the top of the show, the 2009 Fangoria Spooks model, entrepreneur, actress, filmmaker, and she has so many more hats as she wears. Shannon Lark will join me in just a moment. This was the first time she appeared on my podcast, and it would certainly not be the last. So let's get right to it as my trusty werewolf Lawrence is here, and he will guide you deep into the Graveyard Show podcast archives. The time, March 19th, 2009. The place, Graveyard Show podcast number 14. I'll be right here when you return. Safe travels. Shannon Lark has an impressive list of credits at such a young age. She's the first ever spooks model for Fangoria magazine. She started the Chainsaw Mafia, which is a production company created and executed by women. She also started the Viscera Film Festival, which gives recognition to today's female horror filmmakers that are making a difference in the genre. Shannon was also the manager and dancer for the zombie dance troupe The Living Dead Girls. She competed for the After Dark's Miss Horror Fest in 2007. She played Annie in Evil Dead Live and has written for internet sites as well. Shannon, I think I got all of them in. Did I miss anything? Uh, uh, well, you missed a lot, but, you know, we can go over that. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 actually, all of this came from you seeing the ballet of Romeo and Juliet. Is that right? Uh, that's very true. I was four years old. Uh, my mom took me to see a relatively gruesome rendition of Romeo and Juliet. And when it came time for the star-crossed lovers to die, these gigantic uh, red metallic mylar streamers burst out of their chest and exploded hundreds of feet into the air. Uh, the, the, the ballet dancers fell over each other gracefully. And it was at that moment that I realized that that was death. And that was my first association with death. So instead of watching my puppy's head getting hacked off, right, they want that, you know, <laughs> you know, or buy a lawnmower, you know, my poor kitty, um, that, that's how I experienced and how I still view the act of dying and going from this world into a doorway, into the next. Now, how long was it before you started watching horror movies, if you saw Romeo and Juliet? It actually took a couple years. I would go to the video store with my mother, and we would 
you know, go around, she would get, like, the romantic comedies or, you know, like, the really light Shirley Temple films, you know, so it wouldn't scare me. And then I would go and pick up anything gruesome off the shelf. So, like, any Puppet Master sequel or anything, you know, where somebody, you know, there's a picture of somebody's eye getting gouged out or anything like that, any Lucio Fulci film. And I would try to sneak it into her basket, but, you know, it's never worked. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So I started watching films later, about nine years old, and, uh, you know, watching horror films. Um, but my first, the first horror film I ever saw was David Lynch's Elephant Man. Okay. And I, I know that some people don't necessarily think that's a horror film, but I was seven at the time, and my family had just moved to New Mexico. I was all alone, and I just remember the scene where they hold up the mirror to his face, and he starts screaming because he's looking at his own reflection. I, I was terrified. Okay. So that just kind of kicked me into like a kind of a different realm for horror that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm more interested in this in psychological films. Films that just really, really f- with your head. Did you did you look at uh, any of the early Scream queens as as sort of a model for you, or was there something else that caught your interest? Um, you know, honestly, you know, at four, I had, I had no idea even what a screen queen was. So initially it was going to the play and seeing, you know, the, the act of dying on stage and the way that their bodies fell over each other really gracefully, you know, with the music and, you know, the dancing, it was so beautiful to me. So that's really what got me hooked. And I didn't really start finding out about screen queens until... I was in high school, and I was renting, you know, as many horror films as I could, and I started getting more of a, more of my education, as you can call it, of the genre. So, uh, you know, one of my favorite screen queens is Frances Bay. She's amazing. She's, she's got to be 93 now. Um, she's awesome. She's in a lot of David Lynch's work. So, yeah, I usually like actors and actresses that are not... <sighs> Not conventionally beautiful, not, you know, not necessarily the most popular. Yep. You know, the ones that have, like, the really weird bit roles. Yeah. Sure. That's, that's who I really respect. Okay. Now, um, your first horror film that you did was in college, if I'm, if I'm correct, and it was called Blood in the Sand. What? It was in high school, actually. High school? Okay. So what, what was that experience mm-hmm. like? Um, that was interesting. We had like a uh, Marilyn Manson soundtrack, and we like painted this one of the one of the actresses like like a clown, and we like set her in this in this closet. She put on a strobe light, and uh, <laughs> you know you know you're in high school. You know it's, it's it, that sort of stuff is really fun. So. Um, yeah, the, the movie is about uh, what would what could potentially happen if we, you know, keep on with the proliferation of nuclear bombs, because so many countries now have nuclear bombs, and it's it's a real threat. I mean, that's absolutely horrific. That you know, it, it, it's it's insane potential disaster. And what happened to Hiroshima? Because of uh, you know, we dropped a nuclear bomb on them. I mean, they're still feeling effects. So where I grew up, I grew up 15 minutes away from Trinity site where the government tested the very first atomic bomb. And a lot of people have weird diseases, really strange stuff. Yes, so, you know, it was kind of just material that I kind of knew. 
so I would. You know, you got to do what you know. Got to do what sure, you know. Sure. Well, now, did that create a spark for you to be a filmmaker uh, behind the camera, or did that encourage you to do more work in front of the camera? Um. Oh boy. Well, I actually my filmmaking didn't really take off then. Okay. Like that was like a group. You know, I directed it, but it was it was a group project. You know, so it wasn't even my camera. My family didn't even we couldn't even afford a camera. We couldn't even afford like you know a nice still camera. Mm -hmm. So um, my filmmaking actually didn't take off until I was twenty. Okay. So yeah. Um. But I had been in theater. You know, most of my life, um, my sister was a theater director by the time she was 13. So I had done a lot of acting. Yeah, I know. So I'd done a lot of acting in theater already. So acting is really my first love. That's just really what I, I, I love to be in the spotlight, you know. But directing is wonderful because especially as a woman, you can, you know, you, you can have the control so you don't have to wait around for some director or producer to be like, all right, kid, I'm going to put you in a movie. It's like, no, you know, just do your own movie. Just do it, you know? And then opportunities will come to you. Well, now, being a woman at a young age working in the horror industry, the horror genre part of the industry, did you ever have that feeling where uh, women were looked at as inferior or as objects, or did that even exist? Well, I think there's always going to be people who look at women as objects or as inferior. It doesn't matter what genre. Mm -hmm. I think that that's just that's just kind of a given with you know human sexuality mm -hmm. that you know there's just going to be people you know. But I don't ever think that people treated me like that. I don't think that a lot of people who watch fil horror films look down on women or think of them as just sexual objects to, to stare at, you know? Yeah. So I think that women actually have a lot of respect in the horror genre. Mm -hmm. And for people outside the genre who don't really get it, yeah. and they don't understand why we would watch something violent, um, they tend to think that. And I, it's just, it, it, you know, I always say, you know, uh, it, you know, is the stripper being exploited or is she exploiting? Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, you you can't really look at the world like with black and white, you know, views, mm -hmm. especially now. You know, everything's gray, so it really depends on the woman's choice. Like, if a woman wants to get nude mm -hmm. in a film, it really depends on her choice. Like, if she doesn't and she doesn't want to do it, then yes, she's being exploited. If she does it and she wants to do it, then she's not being exploited. Mm -hmm. So, I, yeah, you just really can't look at the world and with, like, black and white eyes anymore. You know, you just can't do it. Well, the irony is that it seems like women are stereotyped in, 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 in either on the left or the right. It doesn't matter because, like you're saying, if, if, are they, is the stripper exploiting or is she being exploited? And it's kind of an odd position to be put in. Because no matter what you do, there's always going to be somebody judging you. Oh, totally. So I guess you kind of have to decide. It's like, you know, do you want to stay in the sort of high school mentality of, like, worrying how yeah. other people are going to think of you? Yeah. Or are you just going to do what you, what you want to do? And if you want to get covered in, bl in blood and intestine and, and you know... And you know, and roll around in a gigantic tub of it. I think you should be allowed to. This is America, damn it. This is America, right now. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> it's interesting is that uh, one of the movies that came out earlier this year, My Bloody Valentine 3D, um, uh, one of the actresses, Betsy Rue, uh, pretty much the whole her the whole part that she was in the film, she was naked. I mean, fully naked from head to toe. And what was interesting is that after a while, you you forget that she's fully naked because of the way her character is. That it just normally you think, oh, there's there's a naked woman on screen, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're totally forgetting it because she's like kicking ass, and then she's you know she's not a weak character, she's a very strong character. So it was a very interesting portrayal, and I noticed that a lot of people that commented on the film were saying that it was like, wow, that's that was really really interesting how that how that was done. Man, I bet the feminists just ate that up, you yeah. know, like the radical feminists. Oh. Yeah, I know, I totally understand what you're saying, you know, and I just think that there's so many different types of feminism, it's just, you know, women don't know, you know, many women are just very confused on what type of feminism, they, uh, many women don't even know what feminism is, because there's just so many different kinds, so, you know, I think that, you know, even though we've come a long way, you know, uh, this gender, we, we still have a long way to go, you know, and I just, it, there's just so many different types of personalities and different kinds of women, you just can't be like, well, that's good and that's bad, because well, what's good for you might not be good for another person. Mm -hmm. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about that. You started the, uh, the Chainsaw Mafia. At what point did mm -hmm. you get the idea to create that? Um, it was six years ago, maybe seven. Yeah, um, I was just starting um, out. I realized, it just hit me, like I had been searching my whole life on what I really wanted to do, and I was like, I want to act and I want to direct horror films. That's what I want to do. So I started reading books and started looking online, and they're, you know, besides Pretty Scary, prettyscary.net, it would it's run by Heidi Martinucci. Um, she's a awesome woman, fantastic person. Um, there wasn't really anything on the web that said, hey, if you're a beginning horror filmmaker or whatever, come and talk to us and we'll, you know, we'll give you advice and this is what you need to do. Because to somebody who's looking at filmmaking from, the out, from an outside perspective and have never really done it before, um, you know, maybe, maybe like the short film that I did, you know, but that's it, then, you know, it can be very intimidating. And I feel like for many women, maybe that's why they aren't getting into filmmaking because there aren't, you know, and I'm not just saying strictly the horror genre, sure. you know, that men definitely dominate the film industry and every other industry, except motherhood, of course. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that might not last forever, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, I I wanted to create. A, you know, I thought you know, wouldn't it be great if there was a place for people to go to so that they can, you know, they they can ask advice and they can they won't feel stupid for asking the questions that they that they have. You know, yeah. and so um, yeah, I developed the Chainsaw Mafia, and it's been great because even though it's relatively early in my career, it's brought people to me. You know, I've had to seek out many people, but with the website and with the popularity that's growing, and all the all the artists and all the people who are getting involved with it, you know, we're just we're doing so much promotion for people, and people are selling their artwork, and films are being made. Directors are finding special effects artists and writers and producers. 
so it's it's become such a big deal that now women who haven't even made a horror film are contacting me or men and they're saying okay i need your help what do i do what's the first step so that's wonderful because it gets people off the couch and actually gets them creating well, you know, Shannon, you're kind of like the, uh, the, uh, the new version of Roger Corman. I mean, people are coming to you to make low-budget oh, art wow. films, and they're getting all this experience, and it's sort of like this little film school of people getting together, saying, hey, let's go. It's like the old, you know, the old uh, black and white movies, uh, uh, Mickey Rooney and uh, Judy Garland, hey, let's go put on a show. And that's essentially what, what it sounds like with, with uh, the Chainsaw Mafia. Um, people can get amazing opportunities and get great experience and, uh, and really learn with, with, other, uh, with, uh, with their peers. Now, where did you get the name uh, The Chainsaw Mafia? Where'd that come from? Um, you know, it just... Well, I wanted to create, you know, I, I wanted to create a name that had, a, you know, a feeling of family, of unity. You know, I was never, you know, until now, I was never very close to my family. So uh, my friends were always, you know, my closest. It, they were basically my family. So um, I decided that that's what the horror genre needs, especially for independent filmmakers. So Mafia just came really naturally. And then Chainsaws, I, I love Chainsaws. You, you know, you probably picked that up. I danced with a chainsaw on stage. Yeah. I hadn't done that yet, though. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. It just popped into my head, and I was like, that's perfect. You know, and it took me about a year to get a side up, and then I had the side up for like two years, and then I had him had it remade. You know, it was just you know, it was it was you know, a really basic site that was done for me for free by a friend, and so then I went and then you know, uh, you know, got uh, a really wonderful web designer to make me an awesome website. Because, you know, it's, it's, I want to bring as many people into it and get as many people promoted. I mean, what we are, we, we are a family of artists. Kind of like, it kind of reminds me of what, what is that distribution company? Um, United Artists, yeah. how they started out sure. with Charlie Chaplin. Yep, yeah, Pan, and yeah. They, they, exactly, they were supposed to start out, well, at least they started out as, you know, a, actually a union of artists. It didn't turn out that way, but... Uh, you know, they, what they started out as was really, really wonderful, and I'm sure it helped a lot of people. Uh, the Chainsaw Mafia on the website uh, says that Chainsaw Mafia believes that the term sque "scream queen" has changed its meaning. Can you can you tell me what the new definition would be? Sure, I'd love to. Um, let's see here. Well, I think that being merely an actress for a scream queen. Um, and, you know, acting is, is a wonderful thing. That, that's definitely my first love. But we definitely believe that women, especially in these times, should be pushing themselves and taking a little bit more control over their careers and, and having more knowledge so that when they do get on the set, they actually know how it feels to be a director and the writer and the producer and the and the caterer you know and you know and the sound person they should really you know and the gaffer they basically you should learn every single position on a film you know get yourself on a short film and cook for them you know like don't think of it as degrading you know because you know if it wasn't you it's was probably going to be a man you know so it's not it, you know it's that sort of position isn't degrading you know learn how it, how difficult it is to you know to hold a boom mic for 
10 minutes, you know, with your, with your arm shaking, you know, because you just have to get this, this very specific shot. So, yeah, basically we're trying to get women to really come out of the fold and, you know, not just take on acting. You know, we think they should totally act. Women should act. But, you know, they should also learn every other position on the set. That is the new version of the Scream Queen. And I think that she'll just be so much more intelligent. And, you know, she'll also become a better actress because then she knows how it feels to work in every single position on the set. I, I, I have to get you down to Hollywood and I have to have you give a, <laughs> teach a class because I can't <laughs> tell you how many people do not want to do the labor. They just want to show up and be the producer, the line producer, the director. They, a lot of filmmakers nowadays just don't want to learn the positions and they don't understand how important it is to learn those so they know what their crew members do on a shoot. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I just feel like if you don't learn every position, this might not be uh, the case in everyone because everyone is different, but I think it can breed ignorance and it can breed divas. And that's not appropriate. I don't feel like that's appropriate on a film set. Everybody is working together. You, are, you know, you don't just show up on set and order people around. You know, everyone there is creating the film. If that, you know, if the cinematographer wasn't there, you wouldn't be making that film. True. It's important that everybody has the same amount of respect and regard. You know, as, as every human should get, you know, respect and regard from every other human and animal on this planet. So here I go. I'm going to go off. <laughs> so anyway, let's go on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, so basically you should respect everybody around you. And I think that working in the different positions on a film set, you will learn how to very, very quickly. Any future filmmakers out there, that is the best advice anyone has given on this show, and it's only been around. The show's only been around for about three months now, but I will say that <laughs> I will play this over and over and over again to any film student, what you just said about learning every position, because it is so true. It is so true. So filmmakers, future directors, get your butts out there and learn what all the other positions are. That is such good advice. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's especially, you know, and very important for screen queens because, you know, I think that, you know, well, here, what am I trying to say here? You know, besides the fact that they can learn how it is to, you know, you know, be everyone else on the set, you know, and not be in the spotlight and to be, you know, working your butt off, you know, in the heat or in the cold or however, you know, wh where, whatever situation that you're in. Um, it's important to know what they're, what they're getting themselves into. So I would like, I would really, really love to, you know, in the near future, maybe in a couple years, maybe sooner, uh, have a Scream Queen camp. What a great and yeah, and so what we would do is we would, you know, basically it would be like very much in the woods, you know, a bunch of women, and I would, you know, I want to have screen queens come, and they can talk about, you know, uh, you know, really wonderful things like what to do in an audition, how not to get yourself into, um, you know, a, a situation where you could be harmed, because there are people who put out calls for women and say it's a horror film and or any film and women go i mean i've had an audition on a guy's bed before that wasn't made 
I can't believe I let myself go that far. Yeah. But like, we went to go to an audition, and he brought me to his house, and then into his bedroom, wow. and I was, I was absolutely mortified. Nothing happened, but I was like, man, like I can't let myself get in this sort of situation. How'd you get so anyway, we have. Um, uh, it's it all it's all in the way that you talk. Sure. <laughs> it's all in the way that you talk. You know, don't don't get freaked out. So I mean, it was fine. He wasn't there to hurt me or anything, but it could have been that sort of situation. And I, you know, I didn't have anything on me. Like I, you know, besides my heels and my legs, which are wonderful weapons, by the way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, basically, what we would do with the Scream Queen camp is, you know, have the Scream Queens come and talk, and then, you know, we'd also make films, and then all the women would get to be in every single role in the production, and they would, you know, switch out. So some of them would act, but there'd be a director, and there would be a cinematographer, and sound, and catering, and, you know, basically, it's teaching women to really work together, because in this society... Women from the moment we're even, I don't know, but I don't, probably before we can even speak, we're being taught that, you know, to compete, to, you know, always compete for, for the man, for the attention, for everything. So, you know, and it's so funny because out of the animal kingdom, you know, out of any other species, it's always the men who fight over the women. And, in, you know, with humans, it's actually the women who are fighting, and I think that's really funny because there's really no need. Like that's all an illusion. That's all an illusion to sell you products. So basically, with the Chainsaw Mafia and with the Viscera Film Festival, and hopefully with the Scream Queen Camp, which I hope to soon be able to develop, it's it's teaching women to really work together. Like we're not, we don't need to be enemies. It's cool. Uh, you are the very first Fangoria Spooks model. How did you get the job? Oh wow. Okay. So I did a competition. It was the very, it was the Spooks model competition, obviously. And uh, uh, it was taking place in Burbank at the Fangorious Weekend of Horrors uh, in LA last year in 2008. And so it was in April and I went there. We did like a photo contest online first. And I didn't get that many votes, but you know, I'm not, there was, there was like, um, Sam from Rock of Love and Penny, Penny Lee Drake and some other women who, you know, who've just been in bigger productions than I've been in. So, you know, really, I just figured that I would have to show up and I'd have to do my thing. So uh, we, I competed against eight other women and they had us come out and we, you know, we answered a couple questions. We did like a horror pose and a glamour pose and uh, hopefully those two are very different. <laughs> and then, and then you got to choose whatever you wanted to do for a one-minute routine to win, o win over the audience and the judges. So uh, I danced to Fergie's London Bridges okay. with my chainsaw. Okay. Yeah. So interpretive yeah, dancing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Inter yes, modern. No ballet. Yeah. There was no ballet. No ballet. And the thing is, is that. But my shoes were hurting my feet so badly that I, I had to take them off, so I was barefoot. And I was like, I can't believe I'm going to go out there barefoot. <laughs> and the other was 
So, so, you, so uh, how many how many judges were there? How, how how many how many guys or gals or both? How how many how many judges were there voting? Um, there were three judges. So the uh, it was Tony Timpone, the editor of Fangoria, uh, Ken Ferre, who is you know Dawn and the sure. Dead, and yeah. oh yeah, and then he's he's a great guy, um, awesome. And then uh, the director of Feast, John Gallagher. Okay. So you know, and John's like this bald, shy guy, and then Ken's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it was, you know, it was really fun. And I had already performed for Fangoria. Okay. And so I had contacted them before just to make sure that it was going to be okay that I was, you know, involved in the contest. You know, because many contests, like, you can't, you know, if you, if you, you know, worked for the company before. Yep, just since I never got paid. Okay. There you go. I had the loophole. So it was, you know, it was just amazing after going through the Miss Horror Fest contest and all the you know, thousands of dollars and time that I spent doing that, and then being able to walk away and be like, wow, like, Fangoria, I mean, there's nothing that can really compare to this company, you know? Like, I don't really feel like any magazine has ever really been able to compare. I mean, they've been around for so long, you know? I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled and just completely dedicated to the company. And they've treated me with absolutely nothing, you know, absolutely with respect the entire time. So, I'm thrilled. As a spooks model, what are your responsibilities? Um, let's see here. I have to go to every single one of the Weekend of Horrors okay. conventions. So, I'm about to uh, take off now. I'm leaving tomorrow at 5 in the morning okay. to drive to Chicago. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's March... Four, or well, well, whenever I get there, it'll be March sixth through the eighth, uh, through the eighth, yep. and then uh, we have LA, and that's April seventeenth through the nineteenth, and then New York City, which is uh, June fifth through the seventh. Great. So um, what I'm going to be doing is uh, performing at every single one of the conventions, and then I'll have a booth, you know, during the day, and then we might be doing some other appearances. You know, the economy is just really weird yeah. right now. It's, yeah, so we're just kind of waiting to see how that goes. And then, you know, I do interviews, and, uh, you know, they're, they're promoting me on the site as much as they can. And I also write for the website now, and I do this column called Chronicles of a Serial Killer. And so it's based off of my character, the, the woman with the chainsaw. And what I do is I... Uh, basically uh, strip people of their skin and then make them into high fashion clothing items. <laughs> so it's like, a, it's like a weekly blog where I talk about, you know, what I'm doing and who I've killed and how to kill. And it's kind of like an instruction on, on if, if you really want to be a serial killer, this is, you know, this is really what it takes. Okay. I'm afraid to meet you in a dark alley. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm very nice. Don't oh. worry. Don't worry. <laughs> well, that, Besides, that, you shouldn't kill people that you know. Yeah. You know, it's not good. I, I, I think I just got the answer to my next question, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh, I read somewhere that you were uh, called the, uh, San Francisco's Gore Girl. Uh, had it, had it, crazy question, but how did you end up with that title? Um, the, by the press, um, this woman named Cheryl Eddy, she works for the San Francisco Bay Guardian, 
um, she just loves horror films, and she uh, she had, did this big article, and that's actually how I met Raina Young, is because Raina saw the article in the newspaper, and then she emailed me, and her and I have been friends ever since. Oh, okay. So this woman penned me as the gore, yeah, San Francisco's gore gore girl, you know, <laughs> and so, you know, I really like the title, but, you know, I, I feel like in a lot of photography, I've been depicted as a little girl, and so I'm really trying to get away from that. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, no, it's totally fine to call me that, but, like, that's, yeah, that, that's the history of the gore-gore girl, oh. you know? Like, the, you know, the accelerating into the future, yeah. you know? I'm a woman! Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I am! <laughs> I don't think there will be any argument there. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Um, you had mentioned you had mentioned a little while ago about the Viscera Awards. Really quickly, um, for those that don't know what the Viscera, Viscera Awards are, can you just explain that? Okay, the Viscera Film Festival is a festival for women. Uh, what we do is we uh, accept films that are directed or produced by women, and uh, whoever is officially selected, their films go on a DVD. And so we had we had Viscera 2007, and what we do is we work with other film festivals and sponsors such as like reviewers and websites and artists and all sorts of things like that. And the film festivals, they look at their films for free. So I send the film to the film festival, and then the, their film might get screened. It depends on and what the film festival wants. So we've had films that have gotten awards all over the world. And so these, uh, in Viscera 2007 is still in circulation. So Viscera 2008 is just about to come out, and it blew me away, the, the entries that we received. So it's, you know, it's, it's definitely for women, especially I emphasize women who are just starting out. Like, we want to help you get your feet just a little bloody and then see if that's the career move that you want to do. Yeah. And if they want to submit their films or if they want to find out more, they can go to what website? The chains the com. You can submit your films to us anytime you want. Anytime you want. So there's definitely an address on there to shoot them over to us, you know, send me an email. You can send it to me digitally. You know, it will, we will do a review of your film. Uh, we'll just try to promote you as much as possible. Even if we don't accept it into the festival, you know, we still honor tons of women on the site and just let people know that there are women horror filmmakers. So we're just really trying to, you know, gather up as many as many women and trying to promote them as much as possible. You were in uh, Raina's documentary, yes? Welcome to My Nightmare? Yes. And what was that experience like working with Raina? Oh, working with Raina is always wonderful. <laughs> Honestly, she's just, I don't even know how to describe her. She's just, she's one of those diamonds in the rough yeah. that uh, she, I really see her going very far. And she has so much passion for, you know, this genre and, you know, so much goodness inside of her and just so much wanting to promote other people that if you if you just spend your time promoting other people and giving back to people you're going to receive so much back i'm really into karma you know a little bit of eastern philosophy there so uh yeah you know i i, I absolutely adore her and i really enjoyed working with her 
and uh, I'm excited to see it. I'm really stoked. Well, you know what's interesting is that when I was uh, when I was getting ready to uh, to do interviews with you and 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 my other interview with Raina and I was just doing some research on on the two of you. Other than the credits, if I were to if I were to just flip flop you, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter. I mean, you two are so similar in your drive and 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 just how I mean you're both really really good people and it's like it's really interesting how two very similar people are going down the same path and your success I think is proving that I totally agree with you and you know I think that we will go on somewhat different paths and we're just really in the beginning stages. Like we're just really just finding what, where I guess the next door lies. Sure. Because there's just going to be so many opportunities that open up, you know, to anybody, you know, to everybody in life where you didn't, you never know, you know, like five years ago, I never would have thought that I would be doing what I'm doing now. I, you know, I hope, you know, and I dreamed for it, but it's, it's awesome. Like, Raina, Raina's fantastic. Do you find yourself, even though you're in your mid-20s, do you find yourself playing mentor to a lot of women that are trying to get in the genre? Yeah, and older women, too. It's not, I don't think age really has anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a little, it, I'm not, I don't want to say weird at first, but it was a little like, whoa, like, I hope I know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, do this, you know, because in the beginning, especially, you have to just kind of, you know, you learn as much as you can, but some of it, you know, a lot of it is BS, you know, you're like, well, I think this is what you're supposed to do, so why don't you do that, or I'm going to go do that, and then I'll let you know how it goes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it uh, it's definitely been an interesting learning process for me, too, you know, but I've never handed out bad advice. It's, it's always just like, just you know, this is supposed to be a positive thing. Like, you know, filmmaking is not, I don't feel like it should be competitive. You know, we should be all just like, it's, it's, it's there's no I in team. <laughs> that is you know true. I mean? That is true. There is no I in team. <laughs> well, you know, even back in the 70s, I mean, you know, you had Coppola, Scorsese, uh, Spielberg, Lucas, John Millions. They were all friends. They were all they were all within that same. Even though they were doing all these, you know, making all these amazing movies and making their own mark, they were still within the same circle. And I don't think mm -hmm. you really have that very much anymore. Like Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, uh, they teamed up for Grindhouse, and they've done, you know, they they work together. But and now Eli Roth has kind of joined in that as well. But really, you don't really see that anymore it does seem to be more competitive oh. than it is more camaraderie you know which is ridiculous because like you know there there will you know movies will probably evolve in this crazy 3d explorations where you get to actually become the characters and interact and have sex with them or kill them or do whatever you want with them you know i'm sure but you know like video games and movies will probably merge eventually but you know like there's there's always going to be movies. Like, there's no need to really compete or be elitist or not sit down and talk to you know, talk to your fans, you know, like a regular person, and to have this whole separation. That's why I could never live in L.A. Like, I just can't do it just because the, this, the mentality, this whole, like, elitist mentality really drives me insane. And I think that's what's also what's driven me to the horror genre because, 
you know, comedy and action, they don't have conventions where fans can sit down and be like, well, you know what, I got an idea. And then another fan could be like, well, tell me about your idea. And then they end up working together on something. There isn't anything like that, you know. It's just sci-fi and horror are really the conventions where, you know, you, know, you, you can tell easily which celebrities are going to, you know, be interested in, in, in just talking to people that, you know, that aren't, I guess, filmmakers like themselves you know you need to get varying different points of view so yeah i think it's i think it's really really good but yeah it's you shouldn't you, there's no need to compete there's no need at all i hate to ask this next question but i'm going to what what's next what's next for you oh my gosh <laughs> here comes the list i'm getting a shake so. <laughs> Um, I'm writing a, a feature length right now. I've written five, but oh, I... Oh, is that I all? <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, I'm not saying all of them are good. That's still five more than a lot of writers have written, I can assure you. <laughs> right, right, you know. So I, uh, I, would, I really want to shoot this film that I'm writing right now. Um, and it takes place in the desert, which is, you know, where I grew up and where I'm living now, because I moved back to New Mexico so that I could just focus on my career and not kill myself by waitressing six days a week mm-hmm. and, you know, only drinking wheatgrass and crawling to work and being like, rah! With, with your schedule, how did you even have time to work? I mean, my goodness. I, I, well, I, I suffered a physical collapse last year. Oh. Um, because it was too much. I, I thought that I could do it, but I don't know how. I, maybe it was youth or something, but for four or five years, I just worked my ass off. And then at tax time, I could, compl- I could claim like $22,000 on business expenses because I just spent everything that I made on my business and, you know, on my productions and everything like that. So, I mean, if, if, if you're going to do it, you better do it. Yeah. You know, just do it. So anyway, um, yeah, the feature film, I, that's definitely in my future. Um, I'm, you know, going to finish this round with Fangoria doing these shows because I'm doing Chainsaws or a Girl's Best Friend. I don't, I don't think I mentioned that. No, you So haven't. it's a parody. Okay. It's a parody of Marilyn Monroe's Diamonds are a Girl's Best Friend, except it's called Chainsaws, our Girl's Best Friend. So it's going to be four male backup dancers. And we all have chainsaws, and then I ride a gigantic, phallic, slowly erecting chainsaw that's used Eddie. <laughs> okay. Hey. Yeah, you know. So, uh, I don't think I'm ever going to have that sentence cool. uttered again on this show. <laughs> I think that's a one time. You might be again. surprised. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you know, I I, I really I, I really want to dive into doing a lot of acting film work. Um, you know, I re- I'm really serious about doing a lot of features. I was just I just started in Walking Distance. I don't know if you heard about that film, but I started with Adrian King okay. and Reggie Bannister, and it was amazing. So you know, and it, acting has always been my first love. So directing and tons of acting, that's, that's really what I'm going to dive into next. She is Shannon Lark, and this has been an amazing interview. She is the first ever Spooks model for Fangoria.
creator of the Chainsaw Mafia and the Viscera Film Festival, and my friends, she is definitely the future of the horror genre. Shannon, thank you so much for joining me in the graveyard. Yes! No, this is awesome. <laughs> well, welcome back. Listening to that interview, it really reminded me how much I enjoyed that interview with Shannon. So much so that I had her back on the show a few more times, and they were all equally great. In the meantime, I hope all of you stay safe and healthy out there, as well as your family and friends. And as I wrap up the show, I just wanted to take a moment for us to remember all of the lives lost here in the United States and around the world during these last few months.